Welcome to Know My Faith. My guest again, Nigel Christensen. Nice to have you with us. Good to be here. All right. Now, we uh, at the moment, everybody's talking about the end times. Did you notice that? Yes, yeah, seems you, to like COVID, up a few COVID times. is the Antichrist or something like that. <laughs> something um, like that. One of the things I discovered narrating Arnold Fruchtenbaum's um, massive book, Footsteps of the Messiah, yes. was the number of things that actually have to happen before the mark of the beast. Yes. Because that's what everybody's going on about. Right, that's true. Uh, and there's so much misunderstanding about that. And I, I think, t- to me, and this is what we want to talk about mainly today, mm. the whole Gog and Magog yeah. business, which we just, we have no idea about. Yes. Well. So you're going to help us. Well, hopefully. You're it. That's <laughs> the idea. So in terms of what you said, I think a really good way to look at it is like this. Leading into the tribulation, there are events, we can call them birth pangs, yep. which have to precede the actual seven years of the tribulation itself. So are you calling the birth pangs the same as what Fruchtenbaum would call, or what, what yeah. the rabbis call the footsteps? Yeah, so uh, Arnold's uh, book starts with the first opening birth pang is essentially World War One and Two. Yep. And this is in relation to Jesus' statement about nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Matthew 24. Yep. And so that's the first birth pang. And then he's, then he goes on to show the second one would be Israel's existence, which is a prophetic requirement, yes. 1948. Another one, them taking Jerusalem and some of the, the hills of Judea. Another thing that's required actually in this case for the Gog of Magog uh, prophecies to happen. Okay, actually have to so you said have Gog of Magog. Yes. Not Gog and Magog. That's true. All right, because most of us think Gog and Magog. And yes. I'm pretty sure That's what Magog, it Magog is the area. Yes. And Gog is the king of that area, yes. and which we've Gog always associated with Russia. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the primary figure in the Gog of Magog uh, uh, events, these are in Ezekiel 38 yep. and also 39 verses 1 to 16, is this Gog of Magog character. And I guess... Uh, a modern example of that would be the title The Tsar of Russia. Right, because Magog is Russia. Yeah, that, essentially that, yeah. from all we see from both in the Bible itself, other historians such as Josephus, it seems pretty clear that Magog and the other allies come out of the area of Russia, yep. although there are other allies, but we'll get to that in a second. So if you think about it in terms of the far north, which is where this attack comes from, that's correct. If you go into a Google map and have a look and go north from Israel, you go straight into Russia. Yeah, okay. So it makes sense. They're admittedly western Russia, but yeah, but Russia. it's where yeah. Moscow and all those yes. areas are the main okay. sort of central Russia. Yep. So this is essentially setting up this figure to come down from the north and attack. Israel. Now, what's interesting is who these allies are, because now that starts to put an interesting context on where we are in history now. So some of the allies of this figure from Russia are Persia, which is modern-day Iran. And people might not have picked up on the fact yep. that Russia and Iran are actually becoming a little bit closer. Nice little buddies. Yes. Just a little yeah. bit. Also... What's funny is there are other places like uh, Ethiopia or Sudan, and for instance in Sudan, recently Russia built a naval base in Sudan. So, hmm, interesting connection there. And then there's other places like Turkey and so on. And again, a lot of these places in more recent times have increased their military relationships with Russia. Right, so we're going to make sure what we're not doing is interpreting the Bible based on current events. No, no. 
So not, we're not doing that. What we're saying is that it fits what the Bible says, and so that it would allow for it to happen in this current context. Okay. Um, but um, it's not. we're not going from here to the Bible. We're going from the Bible to what we see now and go, oh, that's actually matching up. These are the allies that Russia has today. Yeah. Okay. So these are these are things that have to happen, and yeah. and, and we're going to stress this part: is these things have to happen before that all important signing of the peace treaty, which begins the tribulation. Absolutely. This yeah. is irrespective of pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib rapture. Yeah. This, so that's completely makes no difference. These things, the Bible says, hmm. must happen before that. Obviously, my point period. of view would be the rapture happens before the tribulation. Yeah. But in terms of this event, we can separate it from the rapture because they're not linked. So there's not a link between this event occurring yeah. and when the rapture occurs. They're not linked no. in any way. What's interesting is also in this context, which again gives us an interesting modern context, because what the Bible is saying is when this occurs, this invasion occurs, there are onlookers. So we've already got actually the matching allies, yep. but we've also got some interesting onlookers. So people who are not taking yeah, part. Yeah, so they're not taking part in the attack, yep. but they have a query or two. Yeah, so that that separates, when you're talking to separate, that, that means it cannot be the battle at the end yes. of the thousand years, the millennium, no, no. because that says that the whole world exactly. will come against Israel. Exactly. Yeah. So this, so this is, this one is way obviously of, before then. Exactly, there's yep. one way to show that. So these nations inquire, okay, and some of them are located in Arabia. And I guess geographically, if you think of Israel, Arabia is fairly close to Israel. Yeah. So they might be slightly concerned that, are we next? You, you're just focused okay, on yeah, Israel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not next, are we? Right? Because yeah, you've got Iran, uh, Russia <laughs> from the north and yeah, Iran yeah, yeah. coming in this way. These other people yeah. are not necessarily their friends, Arabia's friends. So they might be slightly concerned. The, the fact that they're not joining in may it may not may have something to do with these Abrahamic Accords. They might decide, hey, because of these existing treaties, we're not going to actually join in yep. on attacking Israel, which we might have in the past. Yep. We're just going to hold off. Maybe they're just going, uh, we saw what happened the other times we tried yeah. to attack Israel. So, no, 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 all but yours. Then, yeah, and then you've got yeah. another group, which is interesting, because these are the merchants. Notice that word, merchants. Merchants. Tarshish. Now, which verse is this? So, we're in Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 38. 13. Verse 13. Okay, and it talks about the merchants right, so of Tarshish. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish. So Sheba and Dedan, that's Arabia. Arabia, okay. Uh, with all the, yeah, Tarshish is normally associated, I think, with Spain. So what's Somewhere interesting is there are a number of different possible locations, but they're all pretty close to the Mediterranean area. Yep. The key word for me is merchant. Now think about it. Who might be interested in a very significant strait of water right next to Israel that are merchants yeah. in the Mediterranean? So somebody that owns a cargo ship that won't go sideways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We just saw what happened with the Suez Canal. Yep. So they might be saying, Hey, um, you're not going to take over the Suez Canal and block that, are you? Right. Because they're not really interested so in So these Israel. are the merchants. Let me just continue with that. So yeah. the, mer the merchants of Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish, with all the young lions thereof, shall say, are you come to take a spoil? Yeah. Have you gathered Israel. your company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take yeah. away cattle and goods? But not take over our Yeah, yeah. Our you can have Israel, but yeah. just look like back off the Suez Canal. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So what's interesting about that, again, it fits our current context. Now, again, we're not trying to read back in, but we're just saying this is what the Bible says, and so far we can tick all the boxes. Yep. Okay. Um, and so it's meaning, well, let's keep going. Let's keep looking. 
do we keep seeing a fit if we keep looking? And the next thing is the target. What state does Israel have to be in according to Ezekiel? And he gives us description. So would you like to read verse 8 of 38 there for us? 38 verse 8, yeah, 38, I can verse read 8. that for us. After many days you shall be visited. In the latter years you shall come into the land that is brought back from the sword and is gathered out of many people. Against the mountains of Israel, this is where they're coming yep. against, which have always been uh, waste, yep. but is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. Did you see it was about five Five points. different things. So right. we've got okay. the latter years, anyway. So firstly, yeah, so we've got the, yeah. we've got the end times. Yep. Firstly, they're restored from war. Well, that fits that 1948. Fits 1948, okay. yep. Yes, okay, so yes, we can take that box. Secondly, gathered from many peoples. Oh, absolutely. Yep. You know, since the restoration of the state of Israel, absolutely, you've got Ethiopia, Russia. How many peoples do you need? You know, yep. that have been gathered into the land. So, okay, that fits. And then, um, as well as that, it says that they they have control of the mountains of Israel. Well, that happened in 1967. Yes, it did. 1967, they got hold of Jerusalem and some of those mountains in the land of Israel. So that fits. We can tick that box. And it says it had been a continual waste prior to that point. When anyone knows their history, yep. Mark Twain will tell you what state Israel was in prior to not them very coming. good. It was yep. he yep. had some pretty bad things to say yep. about the state of Israel in terms of what it was like prior to yep. Jewish people returning. So yeah, that's cool. And then the last thing is that they dwell securely. Now that's not to say they're at peace, but they have a degree of security. Yep. So you could say, yeah, that's pretty true of Israel now, today. You know? What we're saying here is that uh, we're not saying this is going to happen tomorrow, but no. what we're saying is is when we're looking at these verses from mm. uh, from Ezekiel 38, it cannot have happened no. before Israel became a nation. Exactly, in 1967. And this prophecy from verse 8 indicates yep. that formation of, of the state of Israel. Exactly, yep. and it also indicates that what we see, it was all ticking the boxes in yep. t- terms of the requirements of Israel coming back into the land. One of two regatherings into the land mentioned in Isaiah 11, 11, it's the first one. The second one will be in belief, and that happens That's at the, the end, end of the tribulation. Right? Yep. This first one is in unbelief and is actually getting them back into the land in preparation for the tribulation. Well, you could tick that one as well, right. certainly, couldn't so you? So we can see so, that, yeah. Again, what we're looking at is the... Uh, if we're looking at pre-tribulation events, mm-hmm. things things that the Bible says have to happen again, because yeah. everybody's going, oh, it's the mark of the beast. The da 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 da. These things have to happen before yes. that mark of the beast. The mark of the beast comes in halfway through the tribulation. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, then you know, three and a half years before that, you've got the Antichrist signing a peace deal Absolutely. with yep. Israel. Before that, you've got the Antichrist taking over the ten seat world government. So you've got, de- yeah, yeah. got various other yeah. events occurring. So one of so these events that has to occur is this Gog yep. of Magog exactly. with his partners attacking Israel. Absolutely. Because what he's happening what what we see happening in verse uh, thirty nine, verse two is that God actually turns his attention. So for all intents and purposes, give an example, a modern example, he might have been gathering his allies for some military exercises. Yep. And then suddenly thinks, huh, maybe we could do something else with that. Yeah, while we're here, (laughs) right? Because it seems that God changes his mind about things. Gog, you're saying not God. Yeah, God changes God's mind about attacking Israel and suddenly decides, and I think that's possibly what catches him out. Because he, it's a sudden input. Yeah, yeah, it's just all the He hasn't prepared for it. Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't decided until the last second yeah. to do this. So, how would we tell that? 
from Scripture? Well, he's it's because of the way God is saying it. He says, I will bring you forward. I will bring you up from the uttermost parts of the earth. So God is actually, he t- talks about putting a hook in his mouth and okay. bringing him out. So it's God's behind all of this. Yeah. But he thinks, of course, it's his clever idea. Yes. But God's actually Well, we've got to know, if you read on, of course, you find that Israel wins. But well, yeah. So spoilers. God, yeah. God intervenes, yeah. all right? Maybe if you'd like to read uh, verses uh, 18 to 22. All right. So this is, so Gog's come up against the land. What happens? So it shall come to pass at the same time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, says the Lord God, that my fury, my fury shall come up in my face. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel, so that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of the heaven and the beasts of the, of the field and all creeping things that creep upon the earth and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence and the mountains shall be thrown down and the steep places shall fall and every wall shall fall to the ground. Where am I reading to? Uh, to 22 if you can. 22. And I will call for a sword against him, him being Gog, mm-hmm. I take it. Yep. I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains, says the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be against his brother. And I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood. And I will rain upon him and upon his bands and upon the many people that are with him and overflowing rain and great hailstones, fire and brimstone. Right. You know, if I'd read that, I'd be going, if my name's Gog, I ain't going anywhere near there. (laughs) So God is intervening in a number of different ways. Okay. It's not just one thing he's doing. It's several things. So first of all, we see there's a great earthquake. Okay. And of course, they're in the mountainous regions and it says some of the mountains collapse. So that's going to cause some logistical problems, to yes. say the very least, if you're trying to move an army. Okay. Especially in Israel. Secondly, what it says is that these armies start attacking each other. Now, if you look at that coalition, they haven't always been friends. No. So if things started going wrong, it's not hard to see that they might think, right, whose fault is this? Yeah. And we've seen you. that in the Bible yeah. too. I mean, you, you read in Kings exactly. and Chronicles the yep. number of times that the foreign uh, armies started fighting each other. Absolutely. Actually, it's interesting. Sorry. Yeah, sure. um, when you look at this, because God said to Pharaoh before the, the Exodus, and he says, oh, I've, I've raised you up for this particular purpose. Yes. Yes. To show my great might. Absolutely. And this is exactly what God's saying here in Ezekiel Absolutely. to yep. Gog. Yep. Pal, you're uh, it. Yeah, yeah. You're I'm going to use you. Yeah. Um, and God sends pestilence, and that usually refers to, to plagues and blood, and that usually refers to diseases. So, you know, in war, often there are plagues and diseases that will come out of those sort of events. So, again, quite likely to see that. But He also sends an unexpected flood, and that's accompanied by torrential rain. So these guys are getting it. Yep. And then finally, He sends fire and sulfur down on these armies. And uh, then in, in chapter 39 is another element. God actually strikes the weapons and ammunitions out of their hands. They're made useless. Yep. So these guys are just wiped out. They just um, completely wiped out utter destruction of this massive army that comes down. It's described like a, a cloud covering the land. Yeah. And God just... By God. Yeah, God Not, not, not by God. the IDF. You know, exactly. No. That's the thing, you see. Yeah. So... Let's now look at Ezekiel 39, verses 4 to 6, because okay. this is summarizing what's, what's the outcome of all of this. Right. Uh, right. There you shall fall upon the mountains of Israel, you and all the bands. Uh, I take it that's the other countries that are with Groups, them yeah. and the people that is with thee. Uh, I will give you unto the ravenous birds of every sort, to the beasts of the field to be devoured. You shall fall upon the open field, for I have spoken it, says the Lord God. And I will send a fire on Magog, that's on back onto Russia. Yeah, yeah. Among those that dwell carelessly in the isles. Oh, sorry, and among. 
yeah, kill us among the coasts, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Right. Again, that kind of harks back again to the whole Pharaoh thing: is yes. I'm doing this so that you know who I am. Absolutely. Giving you, you know, it's interesting because people go, you know, God's just doing this to show how tough He is. You go, no, the only safe place in eternity is by God's side. Yes. The only way you will get there is if you have an Isaiah six revelation of who God is. Hmm. And realize your sinfulness yes. and his holiness. Yep. And so God's doing it. He says, I'm not doing this to prove how tough I am. No, no. I'm doing this because you need to know yes. that I am God. Absolutely. Because yeah, if you don't, that, you're in trouble. We'll see that comes out yeah. as we come towards the end. So what we see, as you point out here, is that not only does he destroy, destroy the armies, he also brings judgment back on the home people who think they're safe back at home. Back, back in Russia. They get judged yeah. as well, yeah. In this whole process, and the coastlands there, I think you think about the Caspian Sea, Black Sea. Yep, those are massive coastlines. They are. They are lakes, but they are massive coastlines. So that would make sense that that's where some of the judgment is coming. So here's God's uh, perspective on this, verse 23 of chapter 38. This is what God says. This is how I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord. This is what you just said. Giving them another chance. <laughs> yeah. you, just, you just preempted this. Hey, verse, I prophesied prophecy. prophecy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so this is exactly why God's yeah. doing it, right? He's saying that they will know who he is yeah. right, by what he does. And don't mess with me. Yeah. I, I said to somebody a while ago, if, you know, if you're an alien nation, not that there are any aliens, but if, if, if you're an alien race and you're looking at Earth and looking at all the battles that go on around the Middle East and around Israel, hmm. and you go, I ain't touching Israel. <laughs> yeah. You no, know? Exactly. I've seen what happens when you do that. I'm not going near them. No. Yeah, you're right. So I guess the question then is when is this happening? Because there are various points of view as to yep. when does this occur. So obviously, as we already pointed out, this firstly it's in the latter years. So we come in to the, the end time times. So yes. this is still a future yep. event, okay? And as I said earlier, the first birth pangs, uh, World Wars One and Two, and then what's that's allowed for with 1948 and 1967 is it allows for all of the boxes to be ticked. Yep. So they have Jerusalem, they have the mountains of Judea, they're back in the land. All of the boxes are there. Yeah. We look at Russia, all the boxes are ticked. Now, it may not happen right now, but there's nothing much to stand in the way of it happening. That's right. Okay? Yeah. And so there are different points of view. When could this happen? And essentially there's five different places that people could put this. So now, now we're talking, we're, we're, we're panning across the yeah. whole from now, from before the tribulation, basically. during the tribulation. All the, all right, the let me see if I can let me see if I can remember. Well, I mean, pre pre tribulation is yep. one of them. Right? That's, that's the one. Um, that, so it's, so the, at least three and a half years before yes. the start of the tribulation. Yep. Yeah, that's first. Uh, the middle of the tribulation, exactly. Yes, right, which is when the peace treaty is broken. Yep. Uh, the end of the tribulation, Absolutely. the Battle of Armageddon. Yep. The fourth one would be at the end of the millennium. So there's one. In, some some people also if say it could happen in, in between. The end of the tribulation and the seventy-five days before the oh, those, that extra days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some people say that. Oh, I can't see that, but no, no, we'll no, allow yeah, that. It's the first one. Well, that's out. the fourth one. Yeah. Okay. And the so last one is at the end of a thousand years. Okay. okay. So uh, obviously we're we're looking at from from you and I. We're thinking this has got to happen before the tribulation. Yes. That's our view. And we're going to show why. Yeah. Okay. So let's look at why it can't be the. Sure. Middle of the tribulation. All right. So let, but what I want to do is I want to show why it can't be these other time periods. Yeah. And there's two key factors. So if you'd like to read uh, Ezekiel 39 verses 9 to 10. 9 and 10 says, yep. 
Uh, they that dwell in the cities of Israel will go forth and shall be set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and the bucklers, the bows and the arrows, the hand staves and the spears, and they shall burn them with fire for seven years. So note that, seven years. Seven years, years of burning. Uh, so that they shall take no wood out of the field, neither cut down any of the forests, for they shall burn the weapons with fire, and they shall spoil those that spoiled them and rob those that robbed them, says the Lord. So you notice that in Israel. while they're doing in, in Israel. And so they have to be in the land so this for a is, period of seven years. Dealing with the weapons of the fail. We're going to say that the attack fails, by the way. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. God deals with it. The attack fails, obviously. Yeah, so the number of weapons that are left over, Israel are dealing with disposing of those weapons. Yes, for seven years. For seven years. But they have to be in the land while they're doing that, okay? Because Ah, that's where the weapons are. That's the key, yes. Right? Where they fell on the mountains of Judea. So they can't be out of the land, they have to be in the land for seven years uninterrupted. Hence, it cannot be in the middle of the tribulation. Exactly. Because then we've only got three and a half years left. And, I mean, that's when that's when Israel flees anyway. Yeah, exactly. So the, what you've just pointed out is they, the they abomination. They don't win that one. They lose that one. Yeah, the abomination yeah. of desolation, it, points, it occurs at the midpoint, means Jesus uh, says you have to flee. Yes. And they are told to leave immediately and get out of the land. And he, he says, don't even go back and get a coat. Don't even go back. Uh, for anything, yep. just get out of just get out. So they're not going to be going back to gather up weapons to burn. No, they're not going to be happening. Okay, so we don't have a long enough period then, if it's happening in the middle of tribulation, for them to be burning weapons in it, and therefore that's why it's got to be at least three and a half years before before the tribulation yes. to give you the seven years before they are driven out of the land. So three and a half yes, sorry, three and a half years before the mark of the, the beginning of the tribulation yes. because the other half of that seven years yes. takes it to the middle where the yes. peace treaty is broken. Exactly. Yep. Right. So that's yep. that's yep. why it has to be at least three and a half years before the tribulation so that we have seven years before they have to flee out of the land. So if we see Russia attacking Israel with yep. with people. Iran and yep. Turkey and, and, other and some alliance. others, yeah, that's type we, of we, we can kind of go well, tribulation we see them being wiped out massively. Yes, tribulation's three and a half years away. Well, not at least, necessarily, at least, at least. At least, at least. Yeah. It's another another birth pang. Yep. That means we're another step closer. Okay. So, and the other thing, of course, is um, as well as the um, burning, there's also burying. So if you want to read for me That's right. Ezekiel uh, 39 uh, and 11... 12, 13, thereabouts. All right. somewhere so right it shall come to pass in that day that I will give to Gog a place there of graves in Israel, the valley of the passengers on the east of the sea. It shall stop the noses of the passengers. It's going to stink. Yeah, there's so and, many. And uh, there sh- they shall bury Gog and his multitude, and they shall call it the va- valley of Hamangog. And seven months shall the house of Israel be burying them right, so that they may months. cleanse the land. Right, right so we've got so, seven months here. Okay, so this is important because this is why it rules out other blood times. There's a period of seven months minimum before the land is cleansed. Yep. Okay. So some are, you running, are you running that concurrently after the dealing with the weapons or so, along so, with? So if you imagine the defeat occurs, from that point of time you've got two events occurring. One's going to occur for the first six months, that's burying of bodies. Yep. One's going to continue for seven years, that's burning weapons. Yep. So I showed how the burning of weapons rules out the middle of the tribulation. Yep. What I'm going to show you now is that the burying of bodies basically rep- rules out all the other time periods. Okay. okay? So in Daniel... He states that uh, there's we work in, work out that there's actually a total of 75 days between the end of the tribulation and the beginning of the messianic kingdom. Yep. So that's uh, 
two and a half months. Now, Fruchtenbaum's got some interesting things to say on that, which we won't get into. No, but two, there's two and a half months, okay? Yep. Now, think about this. Two and a half months is well short of seven months. Yes. Okay? By the end of the 75 days, the whole world needs to have been restored, ready for the kingdom. Ready for the millennial kingdom. Including Israel. Yep. It clearly states here that the land would not be cleansed until after seven months. So you can't have the two things. You right. can't have two and a half so months and then you, we're still you, trying to cleanse the land. You can have seven years of burning the weapons yes. into the millennium. Theoretically, but, theoretically, but why would but, you? But you can't have seven months of cleansing because no. it needs to be cleansed before that time. Before that. And that would work for the end of the tribulation as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. With the big battle because then we go into the, um, to, into the eternal kingdom. So you got uh, yeah. the, so it, it's even worse at the end of the thousand years, because effectively you'd be building a hold on the great white throne judgment to bury bodies yeah. to then be resurrected. So they can be resurrected straight the great back white up throne to, judgment. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And what you're going to be burning weapons into the eternal order? Yeah. For a few years? No. Neither of that works. Yeah. So the only place that this fits and makes any sense is at least three and a half years, and it could be more. Yep. But prior to the tribulation. And if you look at the events now, it could occur in the very near future. What's interesting is it does bring a response from people about towards God. So this is one way God will bring people's attention back yes. to the fact who he is. He's a pro- what he says he's going to do. And we know how powerful that is because when Israel yeah. left Egypt, it says that a great multitude from other nations Absolutely. that were in Egypt. Yeah. So God, again, l- looking at God's plan, yes. it is not his will that any should perish. No. He came so that whosoever believeth mm. you know, shall live. Absolutely. Um, so with, with Pharaoh, God says, I raised you up to show Everyone, my power. Yes. Right? Yes, because at the exactly. moment you're the king of the world, I'm going to exactly. show you that I'm greater than you and greater than all your gods. Absolutely. And many people within that nation, and we know Egypt is a type of the world, so many people within the world saw God's power yes. and chose to follow him and yes. follow his people. Absolutely. So the assumption would be that a similar thing would happen here. Yes. and that, But it's also, that's why I'm emphasizing when it happens. So people aren't confused as to what's going to happen next. Because if you put it, say, towards the end of tribulation, you're looking for a Messiah to occur. Yes. What we've shown is this happens before the tribulation, then the next event is very soon after this, the tribulation. Yeah. You're not looking for Messiah to come to earth. You're looking for Antichrist to be signing a covenant. That's right. So you don't want I to get that find mistaken. interesting too. Because, um, I mean, the Bible the Bible doesn't play with words. It's the Antichrist who signs the covenant with yes. Israel. It's not Israel who signs a peace treaty with, oh, okay, we'll sign the peace treaty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's the Antichrist he who says, oh, please, can I sign? Yeah. Yeah. Would you please be at peace with us? Yeah, he's securing you know? it. What's interesting about that is that he also worships a god of fortresses who his fathers did not know. So he's obviously has um, through, and it revealed later that Satan. So he's a, has access to knowledge yep. and information through the satanic realm yep. that most don't, and of course that would then enable him to either secure or break someone's security right. because he can figure out stuff that 
how, how the hang did yeah. he do this? Yeah. Well, he's got other eyes watching, right? So in amongst the rest of that, we've got Daniel's prophecy about the ten heads or the ten yes. horns. So that's, yep. that's our ten-seat world government that yep. everybody's going, oh, it's the EU, or hang on, no, it's no, not. No. Um, but at some point there will be a, a world government system with ten seats of power, yep. which the Antichrist will dispose of three of those. Yes, before actually taking over the whole thing. Yeah, that, so, so his, his, he disposes them essentially at the midpoint of the tribulation where he takes over. That's so, your take on that? I think, so, that, could, yeah, I so think the, that could happen beforehand. No, because the reason that happens at the midpoint is that he is um, setting himself up both as a uh, political and religious one-world ruler. And this is the final stage. So, so we don't we don't have the one world government before so the, world, the tribulation. One world, world government comes actually before the ten kingdoms because that's where the ten kingdoms come out of, according to Daniel. Uh, the, there's the one world government of not with the antichrist, but just a one world government out of which the ten kingdoms emerge, and then the ten kingdoms are in place in the first half, and he's uh, a prominent figure. Yeah, but he's not in control. Now he goes to war with them. At just before the midpoint of the tribulation, and it's around about this time he also he takes on. I think it's like a, you know as they say, don't fight on two sides. I think he yeah, fights on yeah. three or four. Okay. Three taking sides. on a bit too much. Yeah, and he actually dies. But at the same time, Satan is also cast out of heaven. And actually, in Revelation 11, it talks about the beast that rises from the pit. And if you put all the clues together, you can see that Satan's cast out. His key figure is taken out. So he actually raises him from the dead. So that he can continue to work through him to complete his goal. You can see how people get so confused. I mean, uh, I love the fact that the the, the rabbis sit in the gate and discuss the scriptures, Mm. you know, and they still do, basically. Sure. Uh, And we could do that and and back (laughs) and forth. Um, people People that know their scriptures that know their Bibles can still sit here because I, we're not going to, but I could sit here and, and you and I could debate this for the next two or oh, three absolutely. hours, yeah. right? Um, what is it like for those that don't know their scriptures yeah. that, that go, oh, Revelation's too hard for me. It's all absolutely. metaphorical, this, yeah. that, and I don't understand it. Um, but what we're saying is there are there is these the footsteps, as the rabbis call them, the footsteps yeah, yeah. of the Messiah. Yeah. And what that term is is... Um, what this is the rabbis that are saying when you see these various signs, absolutely, they are the footsteps that Messiah will come. Now, what absolutely. we're saying as believers is that Messiah is coming back, yes, right? So, this is also the birth pangs, yes, that must happen, which to allay any fears because we're not supposed to fear anyway, it's you know, Jesus told us that. Um, is that any mark of the beast is a long, long... It, yeah, that's no. three and a half years into the tribulation. Before so at, at least, so as of today, just in case Russia decides to invade Israel today, yes. um, the mark of the beast is seven years away, which yes. in, in some ways you go, that's still quite a ways away, but in the other ways you go... Yes, yeah. it's not that far away. No. And, and, uh, I think that's yeah. the attitude we really should yes, have. Yeah, exactly. And and Jesus said to the people, the Pharisees, he says, you know how to tell the, the weather, but yeah. you don't know the signs of the times. The, the the tragedy was they didn't recognize their own Messiah. Yeah. And so we as believers, if we know what's happening in the world around us, because it's there, it's, we've given the information, yeah. then not only do we know the signs, but we also know what to do. Yeah, We respond correctly. And we're out there sharing our faith. We're out there telling people that yeah. they need to understand who Jesus is and those sort of really important things. We're not just saying, 
oh, I need to put more money into my bank account. Now that that's that's a legitimate thing to do. Yeah. But if we're doing that for this at the sake of, well, I'll come back to Jesus later. Well, we could be in some trouble. We could be. It was the men of the tribe of Issachar. I think they they knew the times. And 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 you've got in the world today. There's there's one branch of the body of Christ that going. There's going to be worldwide revival. Yeah. And the other branch of Christ, which is going. uh, No, we're heading for the great apostasy. Yeah. If if you are operating under the illusion, and I'll use that word, that there is going to be this worldwide revival. Then. When you hit up against the apostasy, mm-hmm. you're going to be lost, and you yep. need to know what the times. Because if you know what, you know, I mean, any great general wants to know what's actually happening on yes. the field, so he knows how to appoint his men. Interesting. One, one of the last final birth pangs, as they cry, peace and safety. Yes. And then sudden destruction. So there might be a false revival. But you see, if you don't know your signs of the time, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. The, Right. I, I said to the church when I, I preached um, when I was traveling around the country years ago. My, my main message was was pretty hard hitting. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, so when I went to pastor when I pastored the church, I thought I can't preach this message every Sunday. I'll lose even more people. So I preached through the book of Matthew, and it took me four and a half years. But I got to, I, I got to chapter twenty four, right, which is all the signs that you mm. know when will this happen and the, the other, and. Um, and I read it. I said, look, let's let's read the chapter. So we read the whole chapter. I said, close your Bible. I said, we know no man knows the hour of the day. Yes. But imagine, if you will, that Jesus woke me up this morning at 2 o'clock and he said, I'm coming back at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Mm. I said, what's your job this morning for the rest of the day? Yeah. Go and make disciples. Absolutely. I said, imagine Jesus woke me up at 2 o'clock and he said, look, Rob, I'm not coming back until the 14th of February, 2037. Mm-hmm. What's your job today? Go and make disciples. Yeah, yeah, instead of getting hung up on it, is this the mark of the beast? Is the Antichrist Absolutely. coming? Yeah, is yeah. is Boris Yeltsin or whoever who's in charge of Russia at the moment? I can't even remember. Um, uh, Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin. Yeah, is he is he Gog of Magog? Is he the Antichrist? Yeah, instead yeah. of worrying about all of that, yeah. do what you're told to do. Absolutely. Go and make disciples. Yeah. Share that. Get to know Jesus. And out of that knowledge of him and the love of him, go and share him with somebody else. And as you see God's word unfold, don't be fearful. Increase your faith in him because he's showing what he says he's going to do. So therefore you serve a God who's sovereign. Yes. And I might not know the future, but he certainly does. Yeah. And so you and I can have a great confidence in him that our future is secured because of him and the promises he's made to us. Yeah. And this is this is that's really the message is yes these things are going to happen and some of them are going to be fairly challenging. But if we're ready and we're looking to Christ the author and, and, and finisher of faith. And we know the scriptures those yep. those early disciples the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD when uh, help me out with the Roman guy who wasn't Vespasian whoever it was was it uh, Vespasian? It came up against Jerusalem in 70 AD. Oh, right, yes, yeah. Um, so, I remember the, the name the, of it, yeah. So the Romans thought it was a, a localised um, outbreak, and yes. so they surrounded Jerusalem. Yes, right? and the original guy failed. Yeah. <laughs> and then they realized, Then it broke out in Caesarea, and they go, oh, heck. So they took off, they left Jerusalem, yes. and they went to Caesarea. And all the believers go, oh, hang on, that's what Jesus said. Yes. So when you see Jerusalem surrounded, get da, out. Da, 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 get out. So when, they, when the Romans went off, all the believers took off to the hills. Exactly. All the non-believers stayed in Jerusalem. The Romans came back, and and so sadly, two million 
Yeah, the Jews were very, killed. Great tragedy. But it's because they go, they knew the times. Yes. They knew, knew the, the scriptures in the words of Jesus. And they knew what to do. And when they saw the armies surrounding, they weren't going, oh, no, we're going to die. They go, hey, 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 this is what Jesus talked about. Yes, exactly. Excellent. Yeah. We're ready. We, we are ready. To do. Yeah. All right. This is great. Um, we have a, a new series coming up with Nigel very shortly, which we're really pleased to be able to bring you. So keep your eye on this channel and uh, you'll get some good teaching as well. Nigel, thanks for your time. Thank you, brother. Good to be here again.